0: because I've got as a special guest today, Khadija Khalifa, who runs her own podcast and it's going to be a joint episode. So she runs a podcast called Keep It Real with Khadija. Um, You can subscribe to that podcast too. But what you may not know about Khadija is she has been on The Apprentice, but she's not just been on The Apprentice, she's made the final five of The Apprentice with Alan Sugar. So really, really special episode. That's enough about it. I'm going to go straight into the episode and hope you enjoy it.
1: we're live hello everyone I am here with Kevin McDonnell we are actually in the process of recording a hybrid episode for both of our podcasts keep it real with Khadija and the progressive property podcast we are going to go live for you now for about 10 minutes and then you need to sign up to our podcast to listen to the rest of the episode
0: so we'll get straight into content we'll get started um so for those that don't know Khadija she was on The Apprentice this year. So some of you will probably recognise her from The Apprentice. Um, I guess my first question is, what was it like being on The Apprentice?
1: I mean, it was, when I look back at it now, I miss it so much. And I'm actually a little bit gutted that there's new people filming it right at this minute. We all keep messaging each other from last year, like, I can't believe there's new people. But at the time, it was crazy. I was quite down, I think. Um, I missed my family. I was away for two months and I could only speak to my kids who were three and one at the time. Uh, a five minute phone call a
0: week. Wow. So you're completely away.
1: Completely. It was like rehab. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I am so glad that I did it and I would do it again over and over again. I would probably maybe just be a bit more of a diva and ask for more calls home. But that's it.
0: So when you say it was like rehab, I take it you've experienced both?
1: Yeah, 100%. I've just come out, actually. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. Disclaimer, I have not been in rehab yet.
0: Okay. So you you, you went into the apprentice, you were in there for obviously 10 weeks away. I take it the fact you were away for so long is because you did quite well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was I, so, I was there for 12 weeks.
0: 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Yeah. Which means you got to the final 5. I
1: did. That's the amazing. Interviews. That I think that's what we all wanted. We wanted to get to interview stage. Once you get to that stage, I think people remember you. They remember your name and you are a credible candidate when you, you know, when you stay for that long. So yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah. That's amazing because like when you imagine all the challenges you have to go through in each week and the people you're competing against, and the amount of people that actually apply in the first place just to actually get onto the apprentices. Yeah, like 50,000.
1: Know, yes,
0: just okay. getting on there is phenomenal. To get to the final five.
1: Thank you.
0: Um, that's, that's really, really impressive.
1: But let's not just talk about me, because okay. this is a hybrid episode. So, what about you? Ooh, what so, about you me? are everybody within the progressive community knows Kevin McDonald. But for those that might not know who have been living under a rock, can you tell us a bit about you?
0: Um, yeah, I guess. Um, so supposedly I'm the funniest guy she knows. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't consider myself funny. I consider myself somebody that's just like enjoying my life because I spent years um, struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those that don't know me, I, I started in property way back in twen- 2003. So I moved to the UK in 2002 from Ireland, started in property 2003, did it without any education, um, tried to do it on my own. Bought a load of property off plan in Eastern Europe, got in six figures of debt, came and did some training, buried my head in the sand for a few years, first of all, Mm. Um, then came to Progressive 2013. I went to the Super Conference in London at Wembley Stadium and there was over a thousand people there. And then 2014, I came to Progressive in Peterborough, the main office, seeing what it was all about, did some trainings. And in the last four or five years, I've built my property business the right way. So, yeah, that's a bit about me, I guess. Now
1: you're kind of a big deal.
0: Um...
1: He's kind of a big deal. Don't know. What was it we were joking about earlier? The phrase, do you know who I am? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to pop my phone on silent because I just heard it ping and I don't want to mess anything up. My
0: my phone's been pinging as well because I've been getting messages off my wife. She was looking for the dry cleaner, so hopefully you found it. Um, She's got my pants to collect. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> he was pointing the phone in my face like, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Look. Um, okay. So another question for you, I guess. You've been very open about your mistakes. And you just told us then about the six figures of debt. But what is it that kept you going? I mean, a lot of people, if they bought property off plan, and they got into that amount of debt, they'd give it all up, they'd go bankrupt, and that's it, maybe get a nine till five. What has kept you going and hungry to kind of succeed?
0: Um, Good question. I I get asked that quite a bit, actually, by people about why when you get into property and you lose so much money, um, would you not run a mile and never do it again? Mm. And I actually think I kind of got lucky. And what I mean by I got lucky is I got lucky that I lost so much money Mm. because had I lost 20 grand, Mm. I'd have gone back into my job, earned my way out of the debt and and never did property again and worked till I was... 6570 whatever. Yeah. But because I lost so much money, there was physically no way possible that I could earn my way out of that jet, j- yeah. that debt in a yeah. job. Um the the thing that got me in debt in the first place was property, but actually the only thing that could get me out of the debt was property. property. Yeah. So I had no choice but to keep going and I learned no money down property strategies because I didn't have money. Yeah. And sometimes people with the money, they it's comfortable and it's easy to just have 50, 60, 100 grand whatever, and they take the money and they pay it, they use it to buy property. But I didn't have the money, I actually had negative money, so I had to get creative. And I guess I just got good at it in the last few years. But yeah, no choice. Um, Comfort is more dangerous than debt, in a way, because when you're comfortable, it's hard to change where you are. Mm -hmm. And it's what you see as comfortable, because... I felt like I, I was in a high, I was in a good paid job. I was on 60 plus grand a year. I had a company car, but all of my money was going to pay towards my debt, to service mm. the debt. And um, I guess when I went, met my wife as well, I was living in a room in a shared house when me and my wife my wife met. And I thought, well, how do I provide for her, provide for her family, have kids, all that sort of stuff if I'm in a room in a shared house. So the only – it gave me that extra bit of drive, I guess, to try and sort my life out and get out of there. So, yeah, that's –
1: Oh, I love that. And now you're able to keep it real, which my podcast Hmm. is called Keep It Real with Khadija, and you're keeping it real and you're being honest about what happened, and that authenticity helps others, you know, look up to you and want you to help them get out of that situation. Do you have a lot of people come up to you that say – Oh, my God, Kevin, I'm in a really bad situation. You know, I need, I need your help to get out of it like you did.
0: Absolutely. Um, the reason most people actually come to the events that we have and the reason I went in the first place was because I had a problem. And everyone tends to think that their problem is the only problem. And mm. it's the biggest problem for you, but it's not the only problem in the room Mm -hmm. and when I came I had a problem but I wasn't the only person that had a problem either Um, and having people around you to support you and help you through the problem and to see that actually it's not the end of the world and you can do something about it is a key bit I guess for me um, to helping people but what about, what about, but back to you, <laughs> what like, about you? I'm so
1: interested, yeah. I'm like, oh, what, I'm and then what? Um, I'm okay, what so do you, you want to ask me? Well,
0: obviously, obviously, you went on The Apprentice, you had a, for those that, people that don't know you, you had a, a I believe, a cleaning business, so yeah. you still do have a cleaning business, yeah. so if you're busy, you've got a cleaning business, you're getting a bit of success with it and stuff, um, why join The Apprentice, and so what was your sort of driver, your motivation to, to apply for The Apprentice, and I guess, how has that also then helped you? I've been on there.
1: Okay, so originally I never. So I studied a law degree, and then I started working for the Financial Ombudsman Service when I was about twenty-two years old, and um, I fell pregnant with my eldest daughter, who is going to be five in June, and that was. I was about twenty-five years old. I think about twenty-five. I was twenty-five. Cut a long story short, she was born starved of oxygen. So she was in intensive care at UCLH in Houston for ten days. Oh wow. And I wasn't sure. She was at risk of cerebral palsy. so she had to be monitored for two years. Um and I didn't know if she would walk, talk, you know, it was it was a it was the worst time of my life. And for anyone that watches The Apprentice and watched the after show about the final five, they really went into detail about me and my life and um and what's made me almost the aggressive person
0: that I am so Lloyd Sugar called you aggressive
1: yeah yeah well so I'll I'll get to the aggressive thing basically my daughter was born unwell I moved back to Peterborough when she was a month old from London and going back to the ombudsman wasn't financially worth it after childcare and training fares it wasn't worth it so I googled a cheap business to start literally googled and it said a cleaning business so I went to Wilkinson's and I spent £20 on cleaning products I logged on to Vistaprint and I ordered some leaflets. And I lived over in Hampton at the time. So I was just posting leaflets through people's houses. And Opal and Pearl, the cleaner business name, is my birthstone and my eldest daughter's birthstones. They're both white gems. I thought that connotated clean. Anyway, that was Four years ago, four and a half years ago, I then employed my sister as my first employee within school hours. A lot of her friends were also looking for a job within school hours, a lot of working parents. And then it kind of grew. At one point, I had 35 employees. So before I went on to The Apprentice last year, around this time, at that point, I had around 30 employees. Um I've what? always loved Oh, sorry. What,
0: what period of time was that to get from zero to 34 employees
1: three years three and a half years and in oh. that time I'd had another child so I've got a youngest now she's two nearly three so um, I'll be honest bloody exhausting like the last five years of my life I feel like a bit of a whirlwind and I went on to the apprentice with the plan to scale up the cleaner business. And I've come out of the apprentice and been approached by so many people. One tender I was asked to apply for would be, uh, 350,000 a year for one contract and a three year contract. And I decided not to apply for it. And that's because when the business was at its highest with 35 employees, I was stressed to the max. I was earning less than I was when I had 10 employees. And, you know, sometimes I think you need to hold your hands up and say, this is not what I want to do anymore. Mm. And I sent Rob a little message and said, look, I'm downscaling the cleaner business. I really want to get into property. Is there anything I could do working with you? And he said, yeah. So now I've been here. I still do my motivational speaking. The cleaning business is still running. It's actually listed for sale. We've got our products that we sell online um, and I've got my podcast.
0: That's cool. (laughs) So, I mean, that's huge growth quickly. And and it is a thing that I speak to a lot of people and they talk about their business or getting into business or scaling their business and even scaling property. And sometimes I think people forget why they got started in the first place Mm -hmm. and they scale their business to the point where they end up working harder and harder and harder and have less and less time available. And The reason they started in the first place was to free their time, time. have more time. To be with my kids, yeah, Yeah.
1: and I wasn't. And even when I was with them, I wasn't present. You know, I was there physically, but Mm. my mind was, oh my God, payroll, and then there's this, and this person hasn't paid their invoice. And actually, since I've downscaled to six people, I am much, much happier, Yeah, and I've got more time
0: yeah and that is a key because I'm, I'm always having like conversations with my wife about business because I've always got stuff in my head and things going on yeah and it's about being present and it's a, a really key part is is I guess don't forget where you're at in your journey don't forget the reason you get started make sure that you when you if you your target is five grand a month just because somebody else wants a hundred grand a month if you're happy with five get five yeah and um, just replace your income do you live your journey live your task and um don't forget why you got into it in the first place. I guess yeah. because you, business can consume you, and it's it can so become true. a drug. Um, but in a in a, it can be positive. But you got to make sure that you don't actually lose your time. So yeah, yeah it's really good that you've recognised that having thirty four staff, having a big business, actually is not where you were sort of yeah. planning to get to. No, I guess. Exactly. So so you said you want to get into property now. Yes. Um, what what sort of is that in the Obviously, you've mentioned you lived in Hampton, so you're from Peterborough.
1: I'm from Peterborough, born and bred. Peterborough cool. District Hospital. And I then
0: am. you want to get into property. So what sort of, what, have you got a strategy in mind? Or?
1: Well, originally, I thought serviced accommodation because we've cleaned serviced accommodation for a long time. Right. So that's something I'm looking at because it makes sense. I know about it. Um, I mean, I definitely need to talk to you afterwards about this whole money, no money down, joint ventureship. I mean, since I've been here, the last kind of, was it three months now, I've met so many great people, Mm. yourself, Kevin Podeska, David Siegler, Jamie York, all the other people, Rob and Mark, you know, like it's a great environment to be Mm. in here at Progressive and you can meet some amazing people and instead of sitting at home on my laptop by myself in my dressing gown until four o'clock, I'm actually being proactive and coming in here every day. So I haven't sat, Many adventure. I'm still educating myself I'm still meeting people But yeah Definitely Probably serviced accommodation And I'd like to do a few Buy, refurb Refinance still. Right
0: Yeah I so, don't okay. buy, refurbish, refinance
1: Don't
0: I don't hmm. buy, refurbish and sell Assisted sales It's a no money down strategy in Which you need to learn
1: Right, that's it See so, And this is why That's I'm- the
0: end of the podcast She's gone doing new deals <laughs> Yeah, yeah <No>. I'm gone <laughs> So Oh, we're going to have to in the live, so we'll do one more question. We'll you,
1: oh, hold on, we've got a lot of people on here. Let's just be a little bit interactive. Whoa. What's happening? Kevin was My brilliant. wife's watching. Hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. Did you find the dragon? Neil's watching like as well. Hi,
0: Neil. I've brilliant. got no question. If anybody has a question off a of live and you want to ask us a question, pop it in below here and I'll ask the question.
1: Hi, Kevin and Khadija. That's from Prakash. Hi. Someone's laughing. Hearts. And while, while she's reading
0: the question, Love. Lord Sugar called her. Um, aggressive so she's gone from aggressive to progressive uh, how cool is that
1: I'll be honest that is still a problem that I have from the people that are watching does anybody have the issue of people taking them the wrong way I feel like everybody loves you Kevin so you probably wouldn't have that problem because you're so happy I try to be that that. way but if I say something in a certain tone I can definitely be misunderstood
0: you've, you've clearly not seen the online video that I did in a stripy shirt no. where I got I got told that um, I looked like, one person commented and said I looked like a deck chair. Somebody else said that I should have been hit with the deck chair. Um, so, yeah, not you know, not every, it's no, good to I have some, it's, it's good to have some haters. Some haters,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: They helped the I'll, video go well, viral. we yeah, some
1: questions. Good afternoon, Kevin and Khadija. I agree, this community is amazing. Also agree that Kevin is one of the funniest men I have also ever met. It wasn't a question, it was a statement.
0: But I don't know true. how to reply to that. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Tracy's got a question. If you need to get started in property, what would be your first step?
0: Zach, to me. I guess so. Um, so th- there's probably not just one step. There's a few steps to get started. One is um, get involved in the community, come to some events, learn what you're doing. So I tried to do property on my own without learning what I was doing. And I went away and I made big mistakes because you, you pay... One way or the other, you pay for your mistakes through not knowing what you're doing and making the wrong choices and buying the wrong property in the wrong area, hiring the wrong letting agents, hiring the wrong estate agents, whatever it may be. Um, or you pay for them through the right education. Because the thing is, every mistake's been made already. Any Anything that you do in property, if you make a mistake, you're making a mistake that somebody else has already made. And people say it's great to learn from your mistakes, but actually the smart thing to do is to learn from somebody else's mm-hmm. mistakes. So. I'd say step one is get educated. Whether it, whether it just be starting out by reading some books. I know a really good book. It's called No Money Down Property Investing. It's on Amazon. But no, read a little plug. Plug. No, read, read, read some good property books. Progressive have got some great books, Multiple Streams of Property Income, The 44 Secrets, um, different books. Just read some property books. Come, a, come attend some events. Um, get to meet some people. Go to a local networking event, so local events close to you, to meet some local investors Speak to some estate agents, letting agents, before you jump in and buy something that you're maybe paying too much for, or you're buying in the wrong area, or you're not sure what you're doing. Um, But believe in yourself, because here's the thing, every single one of us started the same. We were all born one day, we've all started the same, and we all learn stuff. Wherever you're at in life right now, you got there through your experiences, through your learnings, through... a choice that you made at some point in your life whether that be that your parents put you through a certain course in university that you didn't want to do or you chose it yourself but realized you didn't want to do it or it didn't give you the lifestyle that you thought you wanted to get you've ended up where you are today through the choices that you've made but you can make a choice today to learn about property and it's no different learning about property than it was the first day in the, in the job you did where everyone listening today is probably better at your job today than you were when you started and that's because you learned and you be- and you practiced and you became better And property is the same. Sometimes when when I started in property, I tried to become a millionaire in the first six weeks. And I I lost all my money because I didn't know what I was doing. What if had I chased the knowledge and took small steps, I'd have been a millionaire much quicker than I did become one. Mm. So I'd say just get around the right people. Focus on knowledge, learning stuff. We hear about millionaires and billionaires that went bankrupt Mm. and then made it back quicker the second time. Why? Because they didn't lose the knowledge. You can lose money, you don't lose knowledge. So um, focus, first step is f- get educated. Get educated, get around the right people, and take small steps. And and education is just not just doing courses. Doing courses are great, but it's reading books, it's education. Ed- get educated on your local area. Learn your streets, learn the areas to invest in, learn what the good deals are, learn what other investors locally are buying. Big mistake I see people doing is they... They see an investor locally buying something. So they say, I can't buy those because they're doing that. So I'll do something else. Mm. The reason they're doing that is because Because it works. (laughs) So do what works. Copy what's working. Copy what other people are doing. So hopefully that answers your question, Tracy.
1: That was a great answer where's it gone? She said, thank you, so helpful. Hi, guys. How do you know what strategy would work the best in the area where we live or where one lives? Um, we just need to ask Harry. Harry, are we taking any more questions? Yes,
0: more questions. Okay, so One more question. Yeah. How do you know what strategy would work the best in the area where you live in? Um, it depends. It depends on the area you live in. Obviously, what I do see people do as well is they go to uh, they live in an expensive area, like, say, Knightsbridge or somewhere, and they love single let, and they think, I really want to do single lets. But here's the thing, single lets don't work in Knightsbridge. Mm. So you, in property, you can't do what you love. You have to do what works. Mm. But if you do what works, you'll fall in love with it because it works. Yeah. Um, the thing is, when you start doing what you love and it doesn't work, you actually hate it because yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. So it's focusing on what works in your area. What I'd say, Linka is... Again, attend a local networking event. Find out what other local investors are doing. See what they're doing locally. Um, look for rents, rent prices. So work out what houses rent for in the area. Work out what rooms rent for in the area. It's all about the maths. If, if you work out what you can get a property for in the area and then work out what you can get rent for that property, divide the rental income. Take the rental income for a year, divide it into your purchase price and work out what your return is going to be. And if you can get more of a return than you're paying on your mortgage, then it works. Mm. Then it's about funding the deals, though. Um, And people ask me sometimes, will serviced accommodation work in my area? And I always say, well, is there hotels there? Because if there's a hotel there, that's basically serviced accommodation with extra breakfast provided. People want to stay in a hotel. People will stay in your SA units. Um, People say, do rooms work in my area? Will rooms work in my area? Are other investors doing rooms in your area? Go on spare room? Are rooms being advertised? What's the price of the rooms? Are they f- full? Is there people living in them? Is there a university nearby? Then people need rooms. So sometimes we try and make it more difficult than it needs to be when actually it's pretty, it's, it's straightforward when we get rid of all the, the the worry and the panic and the fear and quite often it's fear of not doing the right deal and that's what the community is all about as well as because right here in the progressive community there's people from every single town in this country. So connect with them locally. Post on Progressive and say, hi, I'm based in X town.
1: Yeah. Who'd
0: like to meet for a coffee locally? And have a chat about what you're doing locally in that town. That's what the community is all about. Is if I go on Facebook, I could go anywhere in this country tomorrow morning and stay overnight somewhere. And you could meet somebody in the community for a coffee wherever you are. Mm-hmm. People offer you to stay in their ho- in their SA units. They offer to stay in their homes. Um, it's it's a huge community. It's an amazing community for for having that network and that support. So, yeah, just do a little bit more research locally and ask people what they're doing and then copy them. Do exactly what other people are doing locally because they're doing it because it works.
1: Mm. Hallelujah. That was good. I'm literally thinking now I need a tab for sparerooms.com. I need Move open. I need everything. Airbnb. No
0: questions over here, guys. Come on. Oh, there's only two people watching. It is my profile.
1: Claire (laughs) Claire said... Fear of getting it wrong. Oh, so I had a conversation with the wonderful Catherine, who is the MD here at Progressive, and I had a chat with her yesterday, and she said something that actually is going to stick with me, I think, for life. She said, um, when you do your hair in the morning... <laughs> she said, have you ever done your hair in the morning... I have ...where once. you spend so long on it to get it perfect, and the more you do it the worse it gets sometimes. Or your makeup, sometimes you sit there and you put, you contour and you put foundation, sorry Kevin, this is more curly, but you put all of these things on and then in the end, you wipe it all off because it looks awful. What she said to
0: me I is, only do that at weekends.
1: Oh yeah, and with your dresses.
0: Yeah, well yeah, I'm wearing you. a dress today, but it's- <laughs>
1: <laughs> And so what she said to me, it's better to get something done so, you know, it's better to get the project done than to wait for it to be perfect. So, you know, I got up this morning and my hair was curly and I've left it like this and it's a bit frizzy, but I'd it's done. So it's done. If I'd sat there for hours making it perfect, it probably would have gone worse. So I think the fear of getting it wrong, it holds so many people back. I've had an issue lately with my cleaning business and I'll be very open because this is Keep It Real with Khadija and Progressive Property and we're open here. Um I started a cleaning business with absolutely no knowledge about business. I just Googled it. I was a law grad. I was young. and I didn't know what I was doing. And I paid staff in a travel... It's a, it's a commutable job, so they get paid travel pay. And I paid them in a way that case law had said that I should... Recently, in the last few months, I've had challenges with HMRC and previous employees questioning how I was paying travel pay. I'll be honest with you, Claire. I cried my eyes out for two hours, um, blubbering, sobbing, and I couldn't sleep for two weeks because I thought to myself, have I done something wrong? And if, you know, if I have done something wrong, I feel really bad. I didn't mean to do anything wrong. The thing is... How would I have known what was the right way? Even the guy from HMRC doesn't know what the right way is. So he has to look into it because there isn't clear guidance. But I jumped into business with both feet and I tried my best and I did as much research as I could. And if I've done something wrong, I hold my hands up. But ultimately, this shit is going to happen. There's going to be things that you do and you think you've done it the right way and you haven't. All you could do is cry, pick yourself up, Pull up your big girl pants, big boy pants, whatever, and get on with life. I'm still waiting for the outcome, but ultimately when it comes, I just have to deal with it. There's no point in me not being present, crying my eyes out, and not being there for my kids or having this take over my mental state. It's not worth it.
0: No mistakes is part of life part of it if you're not willing to make mistakes if you're not going to do things wrong you're as well off just staying your job or not even get a job just stay at home and and stay safe in your house getting up out of bed in the morning is risky especially if you live on the first floor because you could fall down the stairs true so everything in life is risky you've got to manage the risk and manage the expectation um I'm. I've been. I don't know everything about property. I'll never know everything about property. I'll spend. I'll die not knowing everything about property. Hopefully that's in fifty years' time or hundred yeah. years' time if they've changed medical stuff. <laughs> but I'll. will die not knowing everything about property. But the thing is, I know that I've got people around me who know the answer to questions. That's it. Um. So I mean, David Siegler's joined the live. He's listening to this because he knows he's going to learn stuff from us. Yeah. Because and hi, David. hi, David. Um. So David, if you've got any questions, you need any help, just post them below. Just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, um... We, we we don't we never know any, everything, and sometimes people are worried and waiting to know everything. Are they are worried about Brexit? I've had a big conversation this week with week with a guy saying, um, you know, Brexit's coming. You shouldn't be invested in property with Brexit. But yeah, but that's like saying the Millennium Bug is coming uh, in back in 1999. Let's not get into property because the Millennium Bug. Yeah. And then in 2007, there's there's uh, the big crash, and we've got to wait till way after the crash. We shouldn't buy. Yeah. I me- remember speaking to people in 2009, 10, 11, and saying you need to get into property now. They're like, no, no, the house prices are too low. We've got to wait till they start rising. And um, the time, if you're always waiting, you're never starting. You know, yeah. Twenty years have gone by. You've just got to start. You buy at the right price. You buy with the with cash flow in mind. And you always should be looking for deals. There's deals there every day of the week, every day of the month. If Brexit happens, great. One thing I know is the population of this country is going up all the time. Mm. People need houses to live in. My mum used to say to me when I got into property first, she'd say, um, Kevin, how are you going to rent the rooms out? What if nobody wants to stay in them? And, and I thought to myself, right, people have lived in houses for hundreds of years. Just because your son's getting started in property, they're going to no, start they living don't. in trees? They're going to jump in trees or something? It's not going to happen. So...
1: I think that's a, good, that's a good point, actually, mentioning your mum. I spoke to a friend of mine who um, has joined Progressive, and um, she said to me that she has some family members that maybe say to her, oh, it's not going to work, or it's not this, and it's really clouding mm. her energy and her mojo and her zen, and those, okay, it might not work. The answer is, they might be right. It's true. When I started the cleaning business, I had to ask a friend to leave my house because she told me my idea was rubbish and I'd never earn any money. Maybe, in a way, she was kind of right because it was stressful. And now I've downscaled. Equally, I wouldn't have known if I hadn't done it. And what does Rob say? If you don't risk anything, you You risk risk everything. everything. But it's true. I wanted to take that risk. You... Came into this world by yourself, like Kevin said. You came into this world naked and on your own and you'll leave the world the same way. So don't let other people that actually aren't really that relevant cloud what you want to do. I say my motto is YOLO, like Drake, and because I'm a bit gangster. Did you know I'm a bit gangster? No,
0: I've just learned. I'm a little bit gangster. I knew you were aggressive. Um,
1: (laughs) I'm a little bit gangster. So hashtag YOLO, you only live once, because you legit... Live once. So if you want to get into property, whether you screw up or you don't, just do it and then mm. learn from the mistakes like Kevin has done.
0: Tescos. Right now, somewhere in the world, somebody is nicking something out of a Tesco's. That's <laughs> happening somewhere in the world. In the, the
1: self-serve bit,
0: they're not. Yeah, well, in the self-serve but You know, when they, they scan stuff, but they're not really scanning it, it just goes through or something. I don't know. But they're nicking something out of a Tesco's somewhere in the world. Here's the thing. When the Tesco people got together, Mr. Tesco, whoever he is, when they all got together, the shareholders at the start, and one of them came up with a great idea and said, I've got a great idea. People need to eat, just like they need to live. People need to eat. We should provide them with a place to buy their food. We could have this big shop. We could build it. They own the land, by the way. The land is where the money is, maybe not even the food. It's the land, the real estate. Mm -hmm. But he talks through this idea of having distribution centers and delivering food to these big shops and we could put them all over the world and the land will go up in value because the shop's there and whatever and one of the shareholders says or one of his mates that became a shareholder he says yeah but stop a second now somebody could nick something (laughs) and then he goes you're right bad idea let's not build a Tesco's let's not do sell food because somebody might nick something and it's the same thing in property it's well, what if the tenants don't pay the rent? Well, here's the thing. You're going to have a tenant that doesn't pay the rent. But if you've got one house with one tenant and they don't pay the rent, you've got a problem. If you've got 100 houses or 50 houses or even 30 houses and one tenant doesn't pay the rent, you ain't got as big a problem. Yeah. You've got safety in numbers. Tenants won't pay the rent. Tenants will um, trash a house every so often. You'll have empty, empty rooms, empty you'll have empty properties, you'll have void periods, whatever it may be. That is part of business. It's a cost it of business but not starting, where are you? you got, so that's it. you go into an open mind and know that as you scale your business, as you get more cash flow in, and that's why cash flow is so important, fridge freezers are gonna break. I've had tenants text saying that somebody else stole their milk. Okay, you've got to deal with these things. First world problems. It's first world problems. So the thing is, it's back to Rob Moore, is what you just said, which is if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. What's the alternative to getting started? We, I know too many people that have been successful in property and um, if you look at the rich list the most the most successful people in the world either made their money in property or they invest their money into it's property. A, yeah. It's a safe place to put your money. Mm-hmm. So success leaves clues. It's there to see and not starting, waiting for things like Brexit, waiting for all of these things, waiting for L- Labour might get into power. Oh my God. I mean, I'm not even into politics. I don't care who's no, in power. I'm, not. I'm just interested in who's in my houses, <laughs> not who's in power. Right? It doesn't really matter. Laws will change. The governments will change. Taxes will change. People have invest- invested in property for 100 years. The hundreds of years. They'll continue to invest yeah. in property in 100 years' time. There will be people making money in property in 30 years' time. There'll be people making money in property in 10 years time and you're going to look back some people and go i wish i got started in
1: 2019 so true so it's so true
0: ignore brexit
1: ooh, ooh, more comments this has been so helpful claire Saunders says amazing advice thank you kevin says lenka tracy put question for khadija i had the same realization with my cleaning company many years ago what do you feel is your biggest driving force now to find something better that feels more aligned hmm uh well driving force is always my children so children and family. And I think like Kevin said, it's really important to remember why I got into business. I got into business to spend more time with the kids. And then it got to a point where I was spending no time with the kids. Or I was there, but I didn't feel like I was there because my mind was, oh, sorry, I've got a bit of a cold, because my mind was taken up with everything else. Um the reason that I want to do something that feels more aligned is because I've dabbled in some things, And you know, people say jack of all trades, master of none. I don't know that I agree with that because I started my podcast and if I were sticking just to the cleaning business because I needed to be a master of the cleaning business, maybe my mind wouldn't be open to other things like podcasts, like motivational speaking. So you might call me a jack of all trades because I'm doing motivational speaking and I've got a cleaning business and I've got products and I'm doing a podcast. In my opinion, I just think I'm figuring out what suits me and I'm loving doing my podcast and I'm loving doing the motivational speakers. Already I've learned about myself that that is something that I prefer. What I learned from the cleaning business is I hate HR, I hate accounts, I hate spreadsheets, I hate logistics. All I like to do is sell and that's pretty much it. I like to sell and I like to help others. I like to mentor. I like to motivate. Like Kevin is here, we like to help people. I want to help other people in business something they are passionate about. My business journey is very different to most. People get into business because they're passionate passionate about art or they're passionate about hairdressing or they're... I wasn't passionate about cleaning, I'll be honest. It was circumstantial. So I don't feel embarrassed to say that that's not what I want to do anymore. I want to do something different. Ultimately, I have also had four and a half years of cleaning hundreds of if not thousands of properties we've cleaned hundreds of serviced accommodation so I'm not coming into property blindly I've owned my own property I've sold my own property I've also cleaned hundreds of properties so when it comes to interior design and areas and the type of houses and things like that and service accommodation how it works I know that stuff so yeah, I mean, I guess just keep focus on your why and don't be afraid that if you're not feeling something anymore, I think that's a common stigma. Yeah. I don't know if you're the same, but people think, oh, well, I've told the world now that I've got Opal and Pearl, this amazing cleaner business. So there was a part of me that thought people are going to think that I failed if I downscale. And then I thought, fuck 'em, is what I thought, because I don't want to do it anymore, so I don't need to answer to yeah. anyone, you know? So...
0: They're not going to be there for you when you've got a problem. The people that put you down or the people that say, oh, she's downskilled. Um, they're not there for you. Were they the there the last you... four years
1: when I was exactly. crying, having meltdowns?
0: No. no. Um, you mentioned loads of stuff there about cleaning. And all I'm thinking is, whoa, way over my head. I've got no interest in any of that. I don't want to know any of that. I want to pay somebody to do all that stuff. That's it. And and too often I see people trying to learn everything. They want to know all about what an accountant does and all about what a solicitor does. And all they're doing is learning all of this stuff and they never actually do any viewings and put any offers in. They never actually get started. They feel like they're busy, but what they're really doing is they're doing what I did for my first 10 years in property. I'm busy doing things to make myself feel busy, but actually they're not income generating tasks. 100%.
1: You're
0: not making any money. Yeah. Where is the income generating tasks that can make you some money? Go do those tasks. Otherwise, you're not making money. Um, I I get mentored now all the time. I'll I'll be mentored for the rest of my life. And there's a saying I live by is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm. Because how are you going to learn stuff if you're the smartest person in the room? Mm. And if you're at home with your family and you're the smartest person with your family in terms of property, Mm. then... How are you going to learn, increase, improve, um, be driven, be motivated, etc.? You need to be in a room with smarter people on different things. And and it comes back to whether it's being mentored by people who know other stuff. Um, I'm on on a mastermind group, so I've got Rob Moore mentoring me, Mark Homer mentoring me, um, people in that room, people like David Siegler, I, I learn stuff from, Shaz Nowaz, these types of people. Um, but whether that be you in the room or not, have you got the right accountant around you, the right solicitor around you, the, the local property knowledge, etc. Uh, your room doesn't have to physically be a room like this. Your room means your power team, yeah. who have you got around you. So don't specifically think of it as a room, but who have you got around you that's smarter than you in certain areas? Henry Ford. With the car company
1: yeah. he
0: always said the reason he was so successful is because he surrounded himself with people that were smarter than him Yeah. Th- this has been around for hundreds of years is surrounding yourself with people smarter than you the only way you get better at anything is to, is to not you don't even need to learn what other people know you need to use what other people know
1: 100% because you can't learn everything no it's so true and only in the last kind of two years did I actually get an accountant I tried to do it all myself big mistake And another big mistake, not having a mentor. So I used to think, oh, well, I can learn it online. How many people do you hear say, well, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. I don't need a mentor. I'll Google it. Or, oh, you want a £1,000 a month just for us to have a call? Oh, I don't know if I can afford that. The point is, your mentor has been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Or they have made the mistakes. You know, there's so many things that I could have stopped myself doing had I have had a mentor that already had an established cleaning business or a services business. Someone that had been there, done it... could guide me i made these mistakes because i didn't invest in a mentor hands up that's why Um, i think we're gonna have to jump off you know because we've given you a lot 38 minutes worth and the rest of these to go on the podcast so oh anita said great advice guys buy to let yes or no many selling any views
0: great advice guys buy to let yes or no money selling any views absolutely yes why are they selling? Quite often they're selling because of Section 24. So they're selling because their properties are maybe owned in their own names and they're getting taxed on, the, on that portion. Buy them, but buy them within a limited company. So they have to sell them or, or feel they may have to sell them. And what another saying I live by is, while others are fearful, you need to be greedy. Yes. Right? Be greedy while others are fearful. That's what Warren Buffett's always said. That's why he's become probably the biggest investor in the world. Why he's become, he's at many times been the most wealthy man in the world. And he's doing it through investing. He did it by being greedy when others are fearful. So, it, buy to let. <laughs> yes, you should be doing buy to let. Absolutely, you should be doing it. You should be doing buy to let. You should be buying properties. Whether that be buy to single let, buy to HMO, buy to serviced accommodation, whatever it may be. You should be buying properties. You should be building your assets and creating cash flow. And if one person's selling a problem, a property, it's because they've got a problem. Mm. So their problem might be that they're moving abroad. Their problem might be that they've got financial issues, whatever it may be. They're not selling the property because they believe that property is a bad thing to have. They're selling the property because of their current financial situation. Mm. And maybe it's section 24 where they're getting taxed on their on their mortgage portion and now it's no longer profitable for them. Mm. But you buying that property within a limited company gives you a completely different tax situation to them. So don't think that because one person's selling, you shouldn't be buying. Properties have been bought and sold in this country and in every country in the world since the beginning of time. Properties will continue to be bought and sold for the rest of time. Those buying, buying at the right price, buying at a discount, buying value, buying for cash flow, you can't fail. You're going to make money. So yes, buy the properties. We're going to log off the lives. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, The Progressive Property Podcast, Keep It Real with Khadija Podcast. The the, the rest of this interview will be on those podcasts. Yeah, um, you got
1: that, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Listen to the podcasts. Hopefully you enjoy them. There's lots of other episodes on there as well to listen to. Whatever you're doing for the rest of the weekend. Weekend? It's the middle of the week, isn't it? So whatever you're doing, um, enjoy it. Have fun and see you soon.
1: Bye. So I thought we could play a little fun game because we're both fun people. You probably more so than me, but have you played the yes no game before?
0: No, but I'm up for it. How do we play the yes no game? Okay,
1: so I'm gonna ask you questions. You could go first, then you ask me questions, and I can't say yes or no. Okay. So you could say anything else, but you can't say yes or no. Okay. And we'll make a rule. You can't say I know I have, as in K N O W, because it's too, it's a grey area. So we're just, there's no K N O W and there's no N O, okay?
0: No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've not started yet. Oh. I'm okay, kidding. okay, yeah. okay. So you can't say yes or no. Right, so, so you're
0: gonna ask me questions first.
1: I'm gonna ask you questions first. And we're gonna count how many times. So whoever wins, okay. yeah? It's a challenge. We're competitive. So first question. Is your shirt blue?
0: It could be. Nice. One.
1: So do you enjoy working at progressive?
0: Sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, absolutely.
1: <laughs> it's hard when you're trying to think fast, isn't it? Um, do you prefer podcasting to speaking on stage?
0: Speaking on stage.
1: <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Oh no, that way That's not even a good one. What was saying You can't even say yes. Do you prefer Coke to Pepsi?
0: I prefer Coke. <laughs> I don't really like Pepsi. You're doing very well. I'm doing well. I'm,
1: I like should have pre-thought of some questions. We're going to be here till midnight. We're going to be here till, yeah. Okay, we're going to say if you I'm get com- to six.
0: I'm competitive. Then you
1: go, Okay, okay. I need to think quicker. Hold on. Give me a second. So. so you have a little boy, don't you?
0: I do have a little boy.
1: Yeah. And um, is he like you?
0: He's um, He's got hair.
1: Okay. Yeah, so he's
0: probably not.
1: Does he act like you when you were younger?
0: I can't remember. He's only two, so I don't know how I acted when I was two. Ah. But it's a possibility that he might. My wife says he acts like me as a grown-up.
1: Oh, so your wife's just been to the dry cleaners to clean your pants, right? She
0: has indeed. Well, the dry cleaners cleaned my pants. She's looking for the dry cleaners to collect the clean pants.
1: Oh, okay. Could I have a bit of your water?
0: You can have some of my water. (laughs) If you want. I <laughs> can't. Okay, almost. You win. Almost. I
1: was so close. Almost. So close. I thought you were going to go, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> no, I, I'm not falling for that one. I've that told you good. I'm competitive. You are You are
1: very composed. But I think my questions were a bit slow. Next time we'll make it faster. Okay, your turn. You've okay, got to think it's a so question.
0: I'm allowed to say yes and no, though. You're allowed to say questions. yes or no, okay. but I'm not. So, um, have you had fun on this podcast? Kind of. So, um kind of is a good answer but it's not the answer I was looking for the answer I was looking for is yes could you say yes
1: absolutely not
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so on The Apprentice with Alan Sugar um, did everybody like him not everyone not everybody not his two letters of no in O T (laughs) so it's closer than I got incorrect Uh, but incorrect she qualifies um do you think you'll ever scale your cleaning business again in the future? At any point, are you going to continue to not scale it?
1: I don't think so.
0: You don't think so? Um, that's not the answer I was looking for either. Uh, um, she's good at this too. So, you know when you asked me for, your, for my water, did you actually really want it? Not at all. Not at all. Oh,
1: I, I'm not going to lie, that was really close. I was about to go, no. Okay, uh, fine, we're equally as good. Shall we call it a draw? Let's
0: call it a draw. <laughs> That's tough. It's harder to ask the questions than it is to to avoid the answer.
1: We will prep next time. Okay, so we're just, before we finish off, we're going to talk a bit about public speaking. Yes. Because I think public speaking is really a great way, one, to earn money, two, to share your vision and your passion, and Mm. three, to meet people. Mm. Like, I think it's great when I go to schools and, um, I'm able to kind of put this little gangster voice on for the 16-year-olds. And then I could speak at a corporate event and I have to speak very well. So mm. what would be your three top tips for public speaking? Because you're great at public speaking.
0: Okay, I never get corporate events though because nobody understands me.
1: <laughs> I fully understand.
0: So, um, top three tips for public speaking. Uh, I'd say there's a fourth reason why you should do it and also. is oh, actually yeah. to learn stuff. Mm. So if you're teaching and talking about content it makes you better at it yourself yeah and it also a, a fifth reason is is it drives you because i can't stand on stage and tell people to do stuff and tell people how to invest in stuff if i'm not actively doing it myself mm. so it it's it, i use it as a motivation to drive me to keep doing more deals better deals more creative deals so that i can then share those experiences and teach people how to do that and um, so you become better at what you do And it drives you as much as all the other stuff. Yeah, uh, are the reasons why I do it as well. Um, Top three tips for people doing public speaking: listen to other speakers. So when I started off, I was told I I talked a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, I still talk quickly. I get excited. Yeah, (laughs) but um, and when I get excited, I know I start speaking quicker and quicker. But um, listening to other speakers really really helps because you see everyone's different and not listening to them to copy them because the worst thing you can do is try and copy them. You have to be you. Mm. So listen to them to pick up little nuances and things they do and stuff and see what they you like that they do and they don't like that they do. But then you've got to pick the good, uh, not use the bad and pick the good bits out and, and make it you. Yeah. So the worst thing you can try and do is like, if I tried to be Rob Moore, it would come across fake. It wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be me. Yeah. And y- you've got to be yourself and sometimes I see people, they try and steal my jokes or, or steal what I say or all that sort of stuff, um, bec- and which is a compliment. Yeah. But at the same time, it's used out of context and it's used in the wrong way. And you can't do that. You have to be yourself and yeah. use your own thing. So that's number one is, is watch other people, but for the right reasons mm-hmm. and then be yourself. Um, number two is watch comedians. So don't just watch public speakers, watch yes. comedians because... In, in a talk, you. I mean, you said that you're. I'm, I'm one of the funniest people you've ever met, but it, I, I like comedy and I like having fun. Me too. I spent too many years in a corporate job where um, it was too many, like, red tape and, like, you can't do stuff because the boss said whatever and mm. you have to wear a certain uniform to work and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And life's too short for all that thing. It really is. So just be your um, – have some fun. So listening to comedy um, – Watching what comedians do, because comedians stand in front of a huge audience of people and they interact with the audience and they um, have one liners and they pick yeah. things up. Just well, I the... watched
1: Kevin Hart last night. Yeah. His, uh, I can't remember what he was in the London O2, big stage in the middle. And he was the way that he was remembering what he was saying and getting all these laughs and things. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. I love watching comedy. Yeah. So, is the best.
0: So I watch comedy and I, I I pick up little like jokes and make them my own or make my own jokes from that because people want to be they want to learn and 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 get value but so if you're sitting there in death by PowerPoint yeah. you do not really if you, you switch off you fall asleep it's boring yeah. you you actually learn more by being entertained and by being engaged. So true. And comedy keeps you engaged. Yeah. So that would be tip number 2. Tip number three. I need three tips. Whoa, um, <laughs> overload. Yeah. Tip one also is listening to other speakers. Tip two is watch comedy. Uh, tip three is watch yourself. Yeah. So record yourself. Do a talk. Record yourself and watch it back. And don't be afraid to take on board criticism because it's not criticism. It's um, I like to what, to what's called the shit sandwich. So
1: <gasps> you know how I use that in my audition. Oh, do you? To get onto the Apprentice, they asked me how, uh, like, why are you successful in business, and I said I use the shit sandwich analogy, where I say something good, then I deliver the shit, and then I say something good after.
0: Hey, awesome! I
1: think we need high five. This, so, you didn't even know that. No, you no, just, I didn't have a
0: clue. That's my thing. Yeah, so this the is our thing now. Right. So the shit sandwich, <laughs> because so take uh, take some positive stuff from your talk. Where is the shit bit, and then another bit of positive. So it feels like you got twice as much good from bad, but actually this you solve the shit bit. Um, so re-listen to your listen to yourself when you listen and I, I hate listening to myself because it sounds everybody hates listening to themselves I think but if you don't listen to yourself how can you improve yeah. so you listen back to what you've you've said and don't just critique it yourself because two types of people. One is they listen to themselves and hate everything, or a second type of person will listen to themselves and love everything. <laughs> if you imagine um, on Britain's Got Talent or one of those talent shows, yeah. and the really rubbish people come on and they can't see that they're rubbish. Yeah. They think they're brilliant and they need somebody to tell them. I
1: mean, is that genuine? Sometimes well, I some think that is an act.
0: Some Surely of them they've got to be paid. If- <laughs> Some of them are paid to go on I you know there.
1: if you're that bad a singer, don't you? P- no, actually, I do not. think I'm quite good, and I'm really not.
0: Are you going to sing us a song? No. no. So, so <laughs> maybe not. So, <laughs> yeah, I think some acts on Britain's Got Talent, they've got to be paid to go there, but got they're you. so bad. But maybe some of them actually believe they're good. So, record yourself, listen to yourself, but actually get other people to listen to what you've said and give you feedback on your own talk.
1: That is great advice. That's the key. What so, do you think to audience engagement?
0: In terms of during the live talk?
1: Uh, yeah. So when you're up on stage, do you try to engage the yeah, audience? Yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think otherwise they fall asleep. But it keeps them on their toes a little bit. So they never know when you're going to hit them with a question or some interaction. Yeah,
0: right? you've got to. And, and like little things, I sit in the audience. I, I walk around the room because the back of the room is, is less engaged than the front of the room. Mm. So you got an eye contact. is making sure you, you get eye contact with different people around the room. Um, i remember the best speakers i've ever spoke to i feel like i ever spoke to ever listened to and i've sat in the audience is the speaker that you feel like they're staring at you
1: yeah
0: and that and it's like oh my god they're listening that that was directed directly at me why is he directed that at me (laughs) what did i do? how does he know that so um yeah eye contact's key yeah um, what about you what would your top tips because obviously you do a lot of this stuff you do different types of events I to do, me so. i do
1: so actually um i've just booked been booked for one in august i do quite a lot of schools um i've got an agency that manages it and actually i like to brag about this a blog was released that i was one of the top 10 motivational speakers this year uh alongside Tracy Neville, Gary, is it Gary Neville's sister? Right. Um, Warren Davis, a bunch of other really great people. Um, so that was That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the thing I think that I enjoy the most, and this is not saying that I would tear down any other events, but I do love going to the schools. Um, I don't charge very much for them. I just, I was a bit of a troubled teen, I guess. And I did get on with my mum very much. And so... When I was 15, 16, school was my safe place. Like, I loved going to school. And so when I go into schools, particularly in this area, uh, there's some in Lincolnshire at the minute that I'm talking to them, and some of them are in a pretty deprived area. I mean, on a scale of ambition, I asked the students to do a vision board, create their vision board. And two of the students, when I asked them to put their hand up, one of them wanted 12 donkeys and the other one wanted eight pigs. This is where we're going. These are... You know, so if I could go in and let them know that not only can they have the twelve donkeys, but they could own a whole donkey farm, and then they can monetize the donkeys, and they could have donkey books and donkey records, donkey clothing, whatever they want. I am trying to, you know, just make sure that they know that the sky's the limit. Which I think in schools sometimes, and I know Rob said things about schools, but I think sometimes there is that you should go to school, you go to university, you get in nine till five, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever, and then you're going to retire at sixty-five, and that's it. And and I really enjoy going into the schools and shaking it up the system a little bit Mm. and granted to the schools they have been very they've approached me so it's definitely something that schools are aware of that they want more entrepreneurial ambitious um, candidates coming in to speak to their Mm. students
0: yeah. Think it, school's definitely system needs to shake. I didn't. I never really got on with school, and I used to like go four days a week and work on the Friday um, in a local cattle mart. I grew up on a farm. Oh I my god, a, I love that.
1: So you I, wanted like eight donkeys as well? Yeah,
0: right? I used to walk. around. My, my dad had had more than eight donkeys, so I wanted ten. <laughs> um, but. So, I, I grew up, I used to spend Friday working in a cattle mart with my brother, and, and he's got the farm now. I got like, in Ireland, they get, we get told one the oldest brother gets the farm, and the youngest one gets shown the road, as they say in Ireland, so which means I got to go away with my bags and head off to England and get a job. Uh, oh! But, um, so that's m- my background. <laughs> that's but um, in school, my career guidance teacher, uh, I'm, uh, she's a career guidance teacher, lovely lady. But she told me that there was no point in me really going to university and stuff. She, she suggested that I join the guards, the police in Ireland, the Garda. Yeah. Um, until I pointed out to her that you needed to be five foot eight and I was five foot seven. So um, that's not a great start to a that's career hard, guidance right? bit where she hasn't even measured me and she's given me a career that I don't even qualify for. <laughs> and we, well, we take advice from people, that career guidance lady, lovely lady, she's not wealthy. Mm. She's not um, financially free. And I'm taking advice and students are taking advice from people who are, they're not giving you financial advice. They're giving you the advice that's written on a piece of paper that they're told to give you, which is get a good job, get a good education. I call it
1: industrialized. Yeah. Industrialized revolution. Mm. I read a book about that.
0: It's a system. Yeah. They yeah. created a system to keep everybody in factory jobs and whatever, because yeah. they need to they need people working those jobs to put food on the shelves, put mm. cars on the roads, put stuff in the country. And yeah, you've got to break away from that yeah so
1: well where do we go sure from here We've had, a, yeah. make sure you're
0: <laughs> taking the advice from the right people
1: yeah that's it hallelujah yeah. well can I just say this has been an absolute pleasure I feel like it was very easy now I'm thinking I could get my own
0: chat show you could do your own or chat show what do you show. think we could have the the Kevin Khadija chat show
1: yeah that was a tongue twister a little bit yeah. but we could do it
0: I just needed to pronounce your name correctly at the end because <laughs> I totally messed it up at the start after 21 minutes of practice
1: <laughs> brilliant well thank you so much for being on my podcast this has been so informative I'm sure everybody listening is going to take so much from it
0: no problem and thank you thank for being you. on the Progressive Property Podcast thank again you. everyone's going to get lots from this I think I mean it was really really valuable I've learned lots um, and it's great to get an insight into somebody who's into property but also got other businesses yeah. so thank you for being on the podcast <laughs>
1: thank you so you so much.